Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. Here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. My name is Brad Chandler. Today is going to be a little bit different than our normal episodes. I have a special guest. Uh, Hopefully some of you guys and gals know who I have. Uh, We have Rob Bradford from WEEI. How are we doing today? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on and couldn't be any better. It's awesome. I'm actually extremely shocked that you answered uh, my message when I shot you a message. I'm sure you get tons of messages. You have over 64,000 followers. So I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the fact that you actually answered and uh, and whatnot. No, well, listen, Brad. I mean, the fact is, is that you're right. You know, I, I do get a lot of messages, but most of them are telling me people I'm full of hooey. So it's, uh, it's nice to have someone who's not saying that. It's all good. It's all good. I, I listen, I listen. There's certain things I, I could talk about all the live long day, and, and, and what we're going to talk about is one of them. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Red Sox. Uh, typically, what we talk about on the show, um, we typically have an episode after each series and whatnot. So, I'm extremely happy. I'm just a little nervous, you know, because I'm a fan of yours. Um, but we'll just shoot the shit. Uh, so, my first question for you. Uh, do you think that the Red Sox this year are for real? Well, first of all, I can't listen. You you, you said it. Don't ever be nervous about shooting the shit. I mean, this is this, <laughs> this shit is this, that's the way to phrase it. And this is this is two buddies talking about the Red Sox. That's what makes it this podcast. You know, I I listen to you on the radio. I follow what you write about and whatnot. And being a Red Sox fan and knowing the connection that you have there, it's, 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 it's awesome. You know, like the fact that you're sitting here and doing this with me. No, honestly, the thing is, is that, you know, it's, 
it's different stages of of covering. I've gone through different stages of covering this team, right? And it's important, man, like to to have you know podcasts like yours to have conversations like you have because it motivates us all. I'm going to be honest with you. It in this isn't you know when we back in I don't know you know back in the 2000s whatever you want to call them. You know, I started the Herald in 2007. Okay. Back then, it's like, okay, you blog. And Twitter was came around in 2008, I think. But right. there weren't the conversations. I mean, there wasn't. There was the Sons of Sam Horn message board. There was the Boston Dirt Dog site. But there wasn't, like, enough avenues to have these sorts of conversations. Right. So, you know, so this is a thing – like where I, I you know, it, I think honestly, it motivate it should motivate everyone who covers the team because in a lot of respects, that the people who are out uh, are quote unquote on the outside can cover the team just as well, if not better, in some ways than the people like me, you know, who are coming. Out. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's true. It's you know, it's it's, it, it's getting a different perspective. It is, and 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 this isn't like. You know, and any if any writer said, "Oh, you know, like I, you know, I piss on that perspective," or you, you don't know what it's like to deal in the clubhouse. Well, there's so many aspects, Brad, to this job, and this is what we have to get our head around. And honestly, you know that we, as beat writers or whatever the traditional media is, right. that you have to, like, you have to use, you have to be able to be able to have have a conversation. You're going to teach me something. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to see something and maybe I have a little bit more access and I can follow up on that. Um, so that this dynamic, it's not like up here, down there, everybody's in this together and it's awesome. And I think that this year, as we sit here right now, it's more that way than ever. I mean, it's, you have the podcast and the, the social media platform and there's so many other places, you know, I'll throw out one like Red Sox stats, obviously a great Twitter site, Whoa. you know, and anybody, and anybody, any beat writer who doesn't say that they don't get story ideas or information or something that pushes them to write something along from any of these things I'm talking about, they're just flat out lying. So with all of that said, do I believe that the Red Sox team is for real? Uh, having digested all the information? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I wrote this the other day. Like I just, I just think that we're, we're setting up for a really, really fun, memorable summer. Because I th- I think, and I might be wrong, but I think it's not a pennant race between two teams. You go back three years. No. You, you go back three years on, as of yesterday, three years ago, the Red Sox and Yankees were deadlocked. But the next team was seven and a half back. And then a month from there, the next team was 14 back. It was a two-team thing. And I don't know how you feel, Brad, but like, I'm like, this is four teams, man. Like, I can tell you why the Yankees. I can tell you why the Blue Jays. I can tell you why the Red Sox. I can kind of tell you why the Rays, sort of, you know. But it's this is going to be a blast. We 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 just know that it's not going to be the Orioles. Yes, we are. I am. I am going on record as saying it's not going to be the Orioles. Yes. Okay, so you think that the Red Sox are for real um, now? What are your thoughts about all the negative press, like coming 
from like podcasts, blogging, Twitter, social media, and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on all that towards the 2021 Red Sox? Well, so what are you talking about now? Are you talking about a couple weeks ago? Are you talking about a month ago? Are you talking about two months ago? It changes on a daily basis. Right. Well, here's the thing. And this is, you know, the cynical writers, um, one thing that we pick up on or have picked up on is if you notice in their Zoom calls, there's been a lot of random mentions from the players saying nobody believed in us. Nobody believed in us. Nobody believed in us. All right, we get it. Like, but when Rafi Devers comes out and said, I don't nobody believed, like, I don't think Rafi Devers is reading and digesting a lot of the, the stuff that's being written. It's just a different language, right? But this is the narrative that they planted in that clubhouse. This is it, right? So I believe that after they won nine in a row, there was a fair amount of people that said, you know, I can see this team being okay. And right now, certainly, I think that that number has crept up to, I don't know what percent, but I don't think there's a whole lot of people that say, oh, you know what? It's all a mirage. They're going to collapse. No, because you know why, Brad? Because I think if, if, if you want to start somewhere, what is the thing, if you go back to March, that people said, I I don't this has to happen in order this team for, for this team to be good. Name the one thing. Wasn't it pitching? Exactly. It was a starting pitching. It was like, are these gonna guy are these guys gonna pitch to the back of their baseball cards or right. are they gonna be better? Right? right? That was it. And having someone who bizarrely saw way too much spring training baseball, I came out of Fort Myers and I'm like, I think they could be good. But I can't definitively say that. And I think that spoke to this team. But now as we sit here, don't you feel like it's, it's a case where, all right, when they play a game, they more likely than not they're going to have good enough starting pitching to actually win that game? And that's all that you ask? I'm also one of those people that if they're down in the first two innings, I'm not going to you know shit my pants. Right. You know, they have the most come-from-behind wins. Yeah, and, and I mean that's a big part of it. We've had teams in the last few years that have had no resiliency. Twenty twenty, I mean, you have the you have the you know the you go through it like oh they don't have any walk offs. There's no walk offs. There's no come from behind wins, and and we know that with this team. And and uh, as we sit here, the last game against the Angels, even though they lost, like that was another example of it. Yep. It was it, it and it was okay. And I, I should look this up. But I would imagine that their sixth and seventh innings probably have been pretty good offensively, right? Yeah, I could agree with that. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have the stats sitting right in front of me, but I could agree with that. Um, now, one other question, another question I had for you is: after the horrible starts from Garrett Richards, uh, I believe it was like his first four starts. He actually had two decent starts in that. Uh, he had that bad start against the Orioles, where I believe he went like two and a third innings. And then he had, uh, I forgot what the other bad outing was, but he still went five innings. Did you think that he was going to be able to turn it around like he did uh, when he faced the Mets going well, forward? No, I mean, nobody, nobody saw that coming. But, you know, because that was, you know, I, I had a scout text me who was at that game and, like, said, I couldn't believe what I saw. I mean, that stuff, you aren't just, you aren't, it wasn't just good numbers. Like, his stuff in that game was nuts. And so, 
I do. I will say this though, is that I I saw that curveball in spring training, like I and that wasn't sort of like on the scouting report. That wasn't. We heard the spin rate, you know, the fastball, the slider, and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. But I was like, in spring training, I thought his best pitch was this backdoor curveball, and. And then, you know, he went for the first few games and, okay, it didn't really pan out. But then the Mets game came and, like, that's it. That's it right there. And so, listen, I mean, you asked the question, like, did I think he was going to turn around like that? I can't say that I did because he made – we don't know the adjustments that these guys make. I mean, there was pretty substantial adjustments that this guy made between the start before the Mets and the Mets start. And you give him a lot of credit for that. But – uh you know, I, I I couldn't say that I thought he was going to be that good. But, you know, I, I guess I was a little bit more optimistic coming out of spring training than a lot of people. And the weather, do you think that that had any effect oh, on the way he was pitching? Well, that's, you know, and that's the jacket. Thing, right? Is that, you know, it was a good lesson to uh, what not to do for for from a player's perspective. Really, no, and – so you have the first start, and it was like, and listen, we had we've had Garrett on our show, and and I've talked to him a few times. Seems like a really good guy, but that after that first start in the press conference where he had the bad start, it was like you were playing the like what not to say bingo. It was unbelievable. It was the, the shifts and the weather and the this and the yeah, that. He, he like, definitely. No. He definitely yeah. wasn't taking uh, responsibility, and that's no. not going to cut in Boston. No, no. And then you have – then you jump to a couple starts, and you have the jacket comment. And anyone will tell you, like anybody, including the manager who played here and knows it more than anyone, if you want to single out one word that someone walks into a clubhouse in Boston that you want to tell them, it's accountability. That's it. Exactly. That is it. And you can buy yourself so much time – if you are accountable, look and at, um, so look at Perez, oh yeah. Now, and I, and I, my my guy on the on our live BP show, Steve Peral, I like, give him crap all the time. I'm like, enough of Perez Day, you know. I <laughs> like he's gonna be the like the most worthless T-shirt since uh, Wade Miley's. He's the ace, <laughs> but I I I give him credit. Like, you know, I, I think that you know he's another one that came out. And said, you know, what do you say? We're a fucking good team, or whatever. Yep. You, yep. <laughs> you know, people like that, and and and, exactly. and because when I heard that and I tweeted that out, I said, "Oh, good man!" Like a little Beckett comes back, right? Right. Because <laughs> because uh, like I loved when Beckett swore. Like I'm not a big cursor, but like I I love when Beckett swore because the reason I did was not because oh my goodness. We're, we're, we're playing to the lowest common denominator. It just shows you that they're human. It shows their personality. Exactly. It shows yeah. that they're not parsing through words. And, and as an interviewer, isn't that what you want? Yep. So I, that's why I like the press thing, yeah. Yeah. So uh, my next question for you, do you think that the Red Sox will be buyers or sellers at, at the trade deadline? Oh, they've already hit the buyer button, haven't they? Like, like I think – I mean, you, you have to be. I mean, you have to be. And, and I think it's pretty – right now it's pretty clear. It's like you're going down the Brad Ziegler, Addison Reed train. You know, it's like you got to find somebody who can – you think can pitch in the eighth inning. 
So that actually comes to my next question. Uh, what do you think is going to be the future of Austin Brace? <laughs> wow, that's a question I didn't think I'd get. Uh, uh, well, the future of Austin good. Bryce with the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it would be like talking about four hundred one k. But uh, I, I do think you know. It's, I think they're going to keep. I, let's say I'm fairly confident they're going to keep the fourteen pitchers, and I think they'll keep him um, for the time being. I mean, Phil Valdez has pitched pretty well lately, even though they he, he really didn't serve a purpose for a long time. Right. Austin Bryce is like sort of is of that ilk, but he's on the 40-man roster. I mean, this is the thing, is that you know, I can say Marcus Walden and, you know, <laughs> don't sleep on Marcus Walden. Like, he's actually been good. Right. And and so I can say, hey, bring up Marcus Walden, but he's not on the 40-man. So Austin Bryce is. He's out of options. You ride that guy as long as you can, but I think the bigger thing is that... Well, the reason, reason why I'm asking yeah. is because of the... Uh, Santana situation. Yeah, no, I think they're keeping 14 pitchers. Oh, who do you think he'll end up replacing? Uh, well, let's see. Okay. I'm a 40 so, man. Yeah, I, I think Franchi. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I, I think I, I, well, right now, okay, so right now, they sent down, as we sit here, they're going to, they sent down our Roos and they're right. calling up Kike Hernandez, right? right. Exactly. So now you have Chavis and the, the last two, let's say the last two guys on the bench. You have Chavis and Franchi. You have Arroyo sitting there. And so he's going to come back at some point, and one of those guys are going to go. That's going to be Chavis. You think it's going to be Chavis over Cordero? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then now now you come to the the crux of the matter is, well, what do you do in terms of that last spot? And if Franchi doesn't figure some things out more than the couple hits he had the other day, then he has options. I think you bring up Danny Santana. You keep the pitchers right now. And you mentioned Austin Bryce. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, like, I totally understand. Like, and I, but I talked to someone today who, like, is pretty confident they're going to stick with the four. I mean, mean, listen, I'm not, nothing's ever set in stone. But put it this way, I do think. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. They'll send Chavis down before they send Franchi down. Didn't, didn't expect that. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I was seduced by the whole court, um, Chavis thing the other day. You know, we had the big game. But, yeah. yeah he, he started off with a double, uh, Johnny Hustle. Yeah. He had a couple yeah, doubles. Johnny Hustle, yeah. But, you know, the you can't look 
there's a couple things you can't look past, and I can't, and I don't think they are looking past. Is it number one? It's not an ideal fit, right? It's just not. Right. And I and I, and I wrote this the other day about like, okay, this he, he maybe he deserves a chance. You figure it out. You figure it out. You figure it out. But we, he's not an ideal fit. He hits from the wrong side. He doesn't play outfield. All right. Secondly, he swings and miss. He still hasn't fixed that hole in his swing. And he swings and misses a ton, and he strikes out a ton. And and even though it's not fair to judge him on this one moment, this one moment in time, the last bat against the Angels, right? That's sort of the microcosm of what we're dealing with. Yeah, you had four pitches, uh, you know, out of the zone. Okay, a couple of them might have been in the zone, but they're up, and you're swinging at them. And like, didn't you go down to AAA to fix that? Well, yeah, and that's the problem. Is that you know, you said to him when he had this spring training, and by the way, he had a good spring training. He right. had a lot of home runs. He got more athletic. He he was a better fielder, but he still struck out a ton. And so he went down to the alternate site, and he went down to, to minor leagues, said, you got to fix this. you got to fix this. And that – and I'm hoping he can fix it because he's a really good guy, and I think he has a bright future, but he has to do that. And he ha- just hasn't done it yet. And, and really, what, again, what plays against him in this situation is that he doesn't play outfield and he doesn't hit from the left side. So they put him in the outfield last year. Why, uh, so what's wrong yeah. with that now? I mean, I, was I, that I, just I, a – Like, I think it was a miss to not play him out there in spring training a little bit. He, you know, he is a more athletic guy than he was when we saw him last time he tried to play outfield. Um, there's two guys that I thought they missed in how they handled in spring training. Chavis not integrating him in the outfield at least a little bit. And the other one is Jeter Downs. Like, Jeter Downs didn't play an inning at second base the entire the entire spring training. And now he's playing second base and not doing it very well. And, you know, it's listen, he's a young guy. He'll get better at it. But Billy McMillan said at the end of last year, he thought that second base was his position and his future. Well, if that's the case, I couldn't figure out why they were running him out at shortstop every single game at spring training. So, I thought you know, I read somewhere they were going to try uh, Downs in the outfield. Yeah, I haven't heard that, I, and I would doubt that they would do that because they, already, they got Duran out there. Yeah, he, he. Well, also is that he's, you know, he's trying. It's like okay, your your position is shortstop. Now you have to learn another position. And by the way, it's really important that you learn this other position, second base. We're not going to throw another one out because I don't think they see him as a utility guy. You know, I, I, and, and if they ever did that, I don't think it's a good move. I don't. I, the, he has so far to come when it comes to playing defense at the major league level at those two positions. Right. Just let him focus on that. Uh, next question for you is, what do you think we can expect from Chris Sale this year? I have proclaimed that he's coming back July 17th. July 17th. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just like, it's like, you know, like, credit me if I'm right. Don't forget it if I'm wrong. Uh, let's see. So what are we at? So the July 17th, he's throwing off a mound now. We got two months. It could happen. I mean, it could happen. I mean, I, I think that, I think the one thing with sale that people didn't, account for was how much time he missed because of that neck thing. Okay. And I mean, it was evidently it was like worse 
it was it was you know a month or a month and a half or two months that he had to deal with it back in October and November. And so that set back his timetable. He had COVID, then he had something else in March. And but the good thing is, is that last last we checked, all systems are go. <clears throat> and the great thing is, is that you know we don't have to dive into like, oh, we need Chris Sale right now. We need Chris Sale. We aren't heck. We aren't even diving into like that. We need Tanner Houck right now. We need Tanner Houck. I mean, is, Brad, isn't that a miracle? We're getting to almost Memorial Day. And we aren't screaming, doing the obligatory, we need a different guy to fill in the fifth spire stock? I don't know what you're reading, but I see it on a daily basis. Oh, the I see Hulk. bring up not not even just how like how Duran. Um, oh, Duran. Oh, yeah, sure. So, Duran's so, different, though. Somebody the other day was uh, tweeting at me, bring up Cassis. I'm like, the guy's only had 10, 10 games in professional baseball, and he still needs work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I'm in a bunch of groups on Facebook for the Red Sox, and people are, you know, gun ho- like the other day they were like Chavis needs to be in the lineup, and then uh, after last night Chavis needs to go down to Worcester. It's like make up your mind, people. Yeah, that was signed by me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know Duran's becoming the most interesting conversation. I think that's a legit one, but once again. It's not like, other than when Franchi plays, it's not like you're saying, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? We don't have Jaron Duran. We so, need him up right now. Like, you can get by without Jaron Duran. So, it seems as though we're talking about him. When do you see him coming up? I mean, if he keeps going this road, it's it's probably – and I'm trying to remember when Ellsbury get called up that year because I, I kind of feel like it's a similar path. Um, although the difference being that Jaron Duran was a second baseman right. trying to learn how to play outfield. So, um, you know, another month or two, if he keeps going down this road, uh, because once again, if, if you have the intriguing thing to me is sort of like Hunter Renfro now having played against righties, he's hitting the ball the other way a little bit more. Maybe he can do that instead of just platooning. And if you do that, then you have, Kike Verdugo, Hunter Renfro, uh, Marwa Gonzalez filling in, and then you see what you have. And, and by the way, and then Danny Santana call, coming up. Right. I mean, Danny Santana is the guy they're going to call up, and it's not going to be Jaron Duran, which is fine. But it's it is like I get I get what you're talking about. Everybody wants the next guy, but here's a, here's a because we were talking about pitching. There isn't a next guy with pitching right now. Isn't that weird? Like, there isn't – as we sit here right now, there isn't a guy, and this is should be a little scary for them, if somebody got hurt or somebody, like, gave up gave up three starts of giving up eight runs, you got to get that guy. What would they be screaming? Hey, you know what? We, we have to – you have to bring up uh, – you have to bring up um, – I'm trying to blank. Seabold? Kyle Hart. You know, oh. like <laughs> – you know, it, it probably he would get a chance, right? But no, Carter Seabold is hurt. Tanner yep. Houck is, is hurt. The, and and there's no, and you know, that's one of the things I talking to a scout about some of the Worcester guys or the Worcester team. He's like, there's not a lot of not this is a be all end all. It's not a lot of guys who throw hard. You know, I saw Josh Woodkowski the other day. Oh, double A. Yeah, he was throwing. He was throwing ninety six, ninety seven on a He's regular good, man. 
He's good. He's good. I like him a lot. I saw him in spring training. and uh, But, again, double A. This is the first time he's pitching double A. And I, I, but I do think he's going to be good, but he's not a guy. He's not, you know, the solution to this question. Oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a solution to the question, but I mean, you got Garrett Whitlock who didn't pitch over double A as well. And now he's one of our best bullpen guys. Right. Yeah. But you know, he pitched double A, Garrett Whitlock pitched double A and then, and, um, and, uh, Winkowski, he only pitched single A. Like this is his first time in double A. Okay. And I'm not listen, listen, I get it. Like I think you can jump levels. I think you can do that. And you bring up a very good point. And it's really intriguing to me. Is that this just go down this road. Say something happened to Hauk long term. Say something the Seabull doesn't work out. Say Chris Sales pushed back. What do you do if you need a starter? And I'm not talking about going out and trading for Max Scherzer. One thing that I think that you that they should entertain if that ever happened is Garrett Whitlock. It's, it's all right, you know what? We're going to take three weeks to a month and try to morph this guy into the starting pitcher, which he was in 38 of his 42 professional outings. And that's going to be the solution to our problem. Yeah, they were talking about possibly doing that. <clears throat> so talking about pitching – uh, do we have anything on Ryan Brazier's progress? Uh, I threw off the mound the other day. Now, this was a nasty thing, man. It's like the, you have a calf tear, and when I talked to him a few weeks ago, he said, go look up um, Anthony Davis. I mean, Yeah, Anthony Davis. The same thing. It was two months, right? So this was in March, two months. He's throwing now. You know, my guess is that realistically, three weeks to a month, three weeks to a month. But, you know, the thing is, I think people forget how good that Brazier was. Even, like, I talked to my other writer guys and girls, girls and, and, and they're like, oh, Brazier, Brazier. I'm like, go look up last year. Like, for the, for the last month and a half, which was yeah. 75% of their season, he was their best reliever. Mm-hmm. He's an important guy, man. Yeah, rather have him than Bryce. Um, so uh, a couple more questions for you, and we'll call it a, uh, an episode. Um, what are your thoughts on the way Cora is using Philip Valdez? Well, at, at first I was like, you know, I said this the other day when we were having the Chavis conversation, said, you know, well, why would you, why wouldn't you keep, why would you keep an extra pitcher if you aren't using him? Right. And they weren't using Valdez, right? Right. And and then when they were using him, it was it was it was you know non consequential outings. It was nothing. But I, I do think that if he keeps pitching the way he has the last couple times, then it becomes a more interesting conversation. Let me tell you, Brad. Like man, he was terrible in spring training. Awful, 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 awful. I mean, he could not throw a strike to save his life. But as we sit here, if you ask me. Like, right now, who would you rather see on the mound? Darwin's and Hernandez or Phil Valdez? I'll take Phil Valdez. Isn't that bizarre to say? Hernandez is having a hard time. What about Taylor? Well, I mean, he, again, he looked a little bit better. Good. Core trusted him against Trout and Otani yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, he's put, and that's one of the things that Core does pretty well is that 
you know, he runs guys out there and said, okay, you know, when everyone else would run away from you, I'm running to you. Yeah. Now, the instance that I always remember is in 2018, you know, Joe Kelly blows up in that first game and then he comes right back. And I think he might've got the save the next time, next game, you know, so you know, he's good at that. And I think that's what's happening with Taylor right now. Because listen, he has a decent track record. He's a useful guy. So, but Darwin's in like, he makes me uncomfortable. They, they they start off way too often with balls. Yeah. First pitch balls. It's like, come on, throw a strike. Yeah. It's 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 not how as, – as Adam Adovino told us the other day, he's like, I've known that fact, exactly what you just said, since I was in Little League, yet still can't seem to do it consistently. Like, well, okay. His, his slider has so much bite on it that – like the way that he throws it, he should probably start like further off on the mound. Yeah, well, but you go back and look at like his last really good year in Colorado. I think it was like sixty three percent first pitch strikes. No okay. doubt. Right now it's like forty seven percent. Yeah, I mean it's not complicated. <laughs> can you throw a strike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can throw a fifty mile straight ball most of the time. So. <laughs> Well, that's better than me. Uh, so my last question for you, is it comes from uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, Brandon. He wanted me to ask, fair or foul on the Otani Hummer? Oh, I think fair. It's, fair. So the way you saw it, it was fair? Yeah, I mean, I was up in the broadcast booth, and it actually, if I'm remembering this right, when he hit it, I'm like, that's a home run. It wasn't like, oh, no, I mean, it, you could kind of tell the way the trajectory. Yeah. It was, it was, it started off way to the left. And then, but I know why people would say that because where it landed. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, again, not the greatest angle, but all I can tell you is like my perception of it. Yeah. I saw, I saw Steve's. Yeah. He was sitting right, next to me, right before he went to vomit in the corner. Right. <laughs> uh, well, Rob, I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this again in the future. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you and talking about the Red Sox. And I hope you have yeah, a good literally any time. No, any any time at all. Any time at all. I always well, like talking. What are your plans tomorrow? No, I'm joking. Uh, we'll do this again. I'll definitely reach out again. You won't put it this way. You won't be seeing me tweet a whole lot because I'm going to pick up my son at graduation in college. So yeah, there you go. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. We have to, we're, we're, re, we're regrouping before we heading to, uh, into full capacity at Fenway. Oh yeah. So I'll ask about that. Cause I completely yeah. forgot about that. Is that a thing? Is it Fenway's going to be at full capacity or is well, that, or yeah, wait yeah, on confirmation? The governor, said that, but I think you still have to get through the city of Boston. So, um, but it looks, it looks good. I mean, it looks good. It's great. It was going to happen by August. So all I know is I was looking at ticket prices and I was like, Nope, I'll stay home and watch on my TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, I tell you what, for having me on, I'll float you some tickets. All right. Hey. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) my man. All right. Um, I appreciate you coming on. It'll, It'll it'll be for the big uh, Kansas City series, or I don't know, Memorial <laughs> series, but hey, um, yeah, anytime. 
can you can you stay on for like two more minutes after I finish the uh, outro? All right. Well, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pesky Report. And make sure to subscribe and leave a review on our show. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 